Welcome to the New Dawn podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Lusht. This podcast is for those of you who are ready to find emotional and mental freedom and expand into the total essence of you. As your coach and guide, I can see what most people cannot see and I dare to say what most people don't say. I bring hope, clarity, healing, expansion and massive amounts of love into your life. What I know about healing and success is that it starts with believing that the most important relationship you'll ever have is the one between you and you. And when you commit to loving yourself, it becomes the most loving, rebellious, courageous and empowering act you will ever gift yourself in this lifetime. Before we start, I have an announcement. Miriam and I are running the most incredible in-person retreat in the heart of Hope Valley in the Peak District on Monday the 13th of May until Friday the 17th. This retreat is a four-day exploration, discovery and expansion of who you are. We've created an adventure into the essence and delight that is you and as expert space holders, coaches and facilitators, our intention is to help you connect back to your heart and invite you to start living your life from this place every single day in every way. This space will not only be deep and meaningful, but playful, light-hearted and joyful. We want all of us to have lots of fun whilst we expand. And as you explore your inner world, you'll also be surrounded by incredible mother nature that supports you. And we've chosen the most incredible place called the Cattle Shed, which has so much spaciousness and warmth that you'll feel at peace just by being there. And as we nourish your soul, our dear friend April from the Nourish Co. will also do the same for your eyes and your belly. April's going to provide you with the most wholesome, plant-based, comforting food that's going to support your nervous system, your nutritional needs and be ridiculously tasty too. Your heart and belly are going to feel so full by the end of this retreat. So if you'd like to find out more, you can check out our website at www.buretreat.co.uk That's B-E-Y-O-U retreat.co.uk and the link is in the show notes. In the meantime, if you've got any questions, anything that's on your mind, I would love to hear from you. If you've got questions that come about up about this podcast, please um, send them in and we will do our best to answer them in the next. In today's conversation, Miriam and I cover quite a lot of topics. We talk about how scary it can be to really fully express ourselves and the power of a good lipstick, as well as how to learn to trust ourselves and what it means to be a spiritual being having a human experience and how to rewrite your life story to create abundance. So again, lots of big themes. And I was feeling the full force of the fiery full moon of Leo in this conversation. So you might hear that coming across. But in any case, I hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Here we are again, Miriam. Hello. Hello. Um, it's been a bit of a... I think we... Do we say this every time? It's been a bit of a time lately. <laughs> We better not say it too many times. People will switch off. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It's true. It is yeah. true. There is. I don't. I remember this time last year going, oh, my God, I'm being squeezed. And you're like, yeah, 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 that's so true. And then I sit here in front of you today going, oh, my God, I'm being. Squeezed. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got the T-shirt yet? I, that is a good T-shirt. We should do that. Um, but the themes change. That's what I notice. Yeah. It's not the same. I'm not rumbling with the same program over and over and over again. They are different. Maybe they're different lens on a similar topic, but they are definitely different things that come up. Um, thank goodness. Thank goodness. Yeah. Because well, otherwise you would feel like you weren't going anywhere. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would be the definition of being persecuted, wouldn't it? Yeah, or crazy. Uh, or crazy, yeah. So what I was thinking about, the thing that's been coming up for me a lot, and this is really, really uh, highlighted today in, today's the Leo full moon, and we're in Aquarius season. And I, there's this guy called Chris Crossini, who sounds like a dessert. I think <laughs> their name, some Delicious. sort of pastry or something. It's lovely. Yeah, and he's uh, an astrology guy, and he does like um, sign language at the same time. It's really mm-hmm. mesmerizing to watch when he's doing it on Instagram. But uh, I've been following him, lurking around his page for a little while, and I just felt really called cool to listen to his Aquarius season update. Uh, and it had a little bit of the new moon, uh, the full moon stuff in there. And the key themes that he mentioned were so spot on for what I'm going through right now. I, and I'm open to this kind of stuff. I'm a skeptic by nature, but I, you know, when something resonates, I, I go with it and I allow it, you mm. know, to have space. And um, this particular one, I was actually really pretty shocked because it felt like he was just talking to me (laughs) um and the theme that's coming up at the moment is where are we oppressing versions of ourselves um parts of me that can i've written some notes i'm just reading them out parts of me that continue to oppress parts of myself this deep programming around self-worth and also the scarcity programming yeah and it's a loop it's a loop that I find myself in over and over again that has been with me since teenage years which is uh this idea of am I palatable and the answer is no uh so in order for me to be fully accepted which is a survival mechanism, isn't it? That mm. To be accepted is that core, that deepest part of us that says, love me as I am. And if you don't love me as I am, there must be something wrong with me. So I must change myself in order for you to love me as I am. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And that part of me uh, is yelling at me for self acceptance mm. and self-love yeah. and valid self-validation and is now at that point where I've known it's there for such a long time but now it's so loud <laughs> banners out and everything yeah. that this fiery Leo energy of this full moon is pressurizing me on the inside so that I don't ignore it anymore Mm. what's that like I I feel a bit like it's um inwardly I'm combusting slightly like there's a pressure cooker of feelings of agitation that uh there's a conflict between the truth of who I am which is valuable worthy lovable and able to be fully me yeah. And then the wonky thoughts that come in that say none of that is true and they are jostling for who is going to come out supreme. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like the wolf tale, that, you know, like you have two wolves inside and... Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which, you know, the one that is the best version of you and the one that is... The shadow version which and the the grandson says to the the grandfather well which one wins and the grandfather says well whichever one you feed exactly. so uh yeah so and uh, <laughs> he was talking about how that narrative serves a purpose and up until now that the, the narrative of me rejecting myself has served a purpose it has kept um what purpose has it served it served me 
telling myself a story that reinforced my own wounding that said, of course, you shouldn't put yourself out there. Of course, you shouldn't talk about these things. Of course, um, the the shadow thoughts that you think are true, of course they are. Mm. Look at your experience. Look at your uh, story. Look at the things that have happened to you. Of course, those are true. And then there's the other part of me that's going, what if that can be true and yet now they no longer have to be part of the story? What if you can script and create your life from the truth of who you are, which was always lovable and worthy? And you can honor both at the same time, but choose, choose which one you're going to keep playing out. So it's like acknowledging and accepting that both are present, like the duality of it. And then with that awareness of the polarity of it, making a choice to respond and not to react or to shrink into the old pattern, which sometimes is so well grooved, isn't it? It's easy, comfortable to keep running the old story because there's an illusion of safety there as well, isn't there? And um, an illusion of I'm not going to be rejected and except we're doing the biggest disservice to ourselves in terms of actually rejecting ourselves. So it's doable for a little time or even maybe a few decades, but then it will bite you in the bum and there is such conflict within and sadness and grief and unhappiness that it just oozes to the surface and starts to permeate everything if you keep living that so yeah i yeah exactly and what i feel more and more to be true for not only me but for the people you and i work with for everybody is that there is a core energy that is driving a desire for truth within our being there's a like a core movement that's always pushing towards love and towards uh connection and intimacy creativity wholeness truth understanding compassion kindness it's it's like this drive and it's pushing the stuff that isn't in alignment with that to the surface so that you can go, fuck me, that's <laughs> awful. Yeah. How uncomfortable do I feel right now? And yeah. all of this stuff. And then you can either numb it out, which is patterns you and I have both done, or you can do what we do now, and that's lovingly look at it and then... Sit with it, yeah. Sit with it. And then choose something different, like cry, 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 cry. All those times I've rejected myself. All yeah. those times that I haven't been me because I I just was terrified of being me. All those years of being bullied, all of those things that come up, they don't need much. They just want acknowledgement. Yeah, totally. I, I was talking to a client yesterday and... Um, he's got a dog and I said you know when your dog just comes up to you and just like nudges your elbow you know because it just wants like a, t- a tap on the head just like do you know I'm here and you mm. pat it on the head and then it, it goes away and settles again like mm. it's literally like when these emotions come up sometimes they're so so small they just need a little bit of yeah I'm here yeah I see you yeah and then they just dissolve out like it's um and then you have the big burrito ones oh yeah (laughs) and this one this one is a big burrito I think and I was talking to I've got um a lady who I uh am an accountability partner with and the accountability that we're holding each other Uh, with space for is around visibility and Mm. this persecution complex the witch wound this feeling of always being uh, keep yourself small and quiet and in the corner because otherwise your life is on the line yeah and that's not a small burrito to be working with no um that came up really early uh, for me in part of the expansion 
like a few years ago, I had to do some some work on that. And uh, I was working with a intuitive reader at the time. And she, I said, because it, I think I was doing posts and I kept saying, I've got this fear, but it doesn't actually feel like mine. It, it, I'm, it's running through my system, but it doesn't, it's like I'm putting somebody else's coat on. It, like it, my level of awareness is pretty acute in, in my ability to know what's mine and what isn't. Um, and she was tuning into that. And uh, she's like, oh, it's like literally like all your ancestors are carrying the fear of if you if you align to your truth, like you're going to get hurt. And um, of course, we carry so much stuff in our DNA for like seven generations. So that means all of us are carrying have the potential to be carrying this witch persecution DNA, you know of keeping small and and I don't understand all of it at all I just it makes sense in terms of timelines and the fact that our you know biologically yet we're carrying data through each timeline you know like our DNA gets mixed with our mum's DNA and vice versa and and that's going all the way through um so yeah I had to clear that I had to talk to them uh, and at the time that was way outside my comfort zone. I'm like, okay, what am I really just going and having a chat with my ancestors? So I went along with that and just said, I've got this. It's different now. It's safe. It's, um, yeah. And, and so then it, it enabled me to up level, I suppose, take up more space, be more visible. Um, but yeah, I think there's different levels of it of how you know the the more light we bring in the bigger space we we take up and so we go to the edges of what we're comfortable with and then it gets wibbly again and the doubt comes in and we have to deal with another layer of ourselves and the fear of rejection and oh, the fear of rejection's a really big one um but what's interesting about the fear of rejection is in in sitting in that place, the person you feel that you have to reject in order to not be rejected is you. Mm. And yeah, go on. Sorry. And that, that's that's ultimately where we're hurting ourselves the most. Is where do I water myself down? Where do I show up as not as fiery or warrior-like or uh weird or quirky or me whatever that means whatever whatever that situation means when you just hold yourself back you pull yourself back just from that edge because you feel unsafe because you're worried about being rejected and it all ties into this big piece of work that I'm doing at the moment around really identifying safety for myself and for my clients. And it's part of the PTSD work that I've been doing and offering as part of um, what it means to be alive is to learn, to have to fundamentally learn how we can feel safe for ourselves and within ourselves. Mm. And once you really know what that mechanism feels like, how to keep yourself safe, you can push the edges of the what you feel comfortable with the upper limits that you feel because you're constantly expanding and expanding expansion can feel unsafe in fact expansion can make it feel like uh the foundation beneath you is wobbly and you're not quite sure what's happening because it's like a, a new place a new experience but if you know how to help yourself feel safe then no matter what happens you know you're going to be okay. Yeah. It's like the butterfly analogy, isn't it? It's the transition from caterpillar into cocoon and over and over. Yeah, it is. And and that vulnerable part, part where you come out of the cocoon and your wings aren't set and you're not quite sure how to be this version of you. And so in that moment of what appears like fragility and vulnerability, that's when it's like, how do I make my feel? How do I make myself feel safe in those moments? Because I know they're going to come. So once you've, um, so, so you and I have worked on safety for me, and and it's been a, a really big 
part of my expansion. Um, And so now I know when I'm feeling wobbly, the first thing I do is check in to me and I'm like, am I feeling safe? And typically I'm not, and that's why I'm feeling wobbly. So my question then is, okay, what do I need to do to make myself feel safe? That's like a tongue twister coming out there. Um, And um, that changes each time like it the the, a bit like what we were talking about last time on the last podcast it's that ability to listen to what we need and then implement it and so from there the the trust in ourselves develops and so then each time we go to the vulnerable coming out of a new cocoon it's that little bit easier because we know we can trust ourselves to look after ourselves when we feel vulnerable um yeah so that was uh and it affects every single part of our lives I was just sitting here thinking about your experience that you've been through with relationship to safety and what that means in your relationship to you but also in your relationship to the people that you love and I was thinking about the first time I dyed my hair pink and the safety I didn't feel when I like I was I was sat in the hairdresser's chair and I said this is what I want so she gave me what I want and then I had a almost <laughs> a panic attack after <laughs> seeing Gosh. what had happened because my hair and my lipstick my clothing all say bright colors yeah and when something's when you spent the majority of your life wearing black so you can blend into some corner and not be seen not be witnessed not anything and then you're like oh no to be truly fully me I want to wear this stuff I want pink hair I want bright red lipsticks I want really bright colorful scarves and tops and clothes and all that kind of stuff and that makes me feel good but what comes with that is having to rumble with feeling unsafe for maybe a short period of time. But there's still moments where I put on my lipstick and I'm like, oh, yeah, I feel good. Oh, no. And then that kickback <laughs> that comes with it that goes, oh, are you sure this is a safe thing to do? Yeah. Are you sure? I'll give you an example. This is a really weird example. I'm driving. I remember being in the car with uh, in my uh, very violent past relationship and we're driving in the car where I'm all made up and we're going somewhere I can't remember where we're going and I've got makeup on I've done my hair and I feel I look good and then an argument starts and it escalates really quickly and violently to the point where there is so much um, toxicity in this car at that moment that what I want to do is take off all of my makeup and I want to put a blanket around me and I want to, oh God, I'm just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. it makes me cry. And I want to hide. I don't want my makeup on. I don't want nice hair. I don't want to be in the dress that I'm wearing. I want to be in my bed and I want to be hiding. And that is such a cellular imprint for so many of us, whether we're consciously aware of it or not, that says, don't stand out. Don't be you. Mm. Don't be you. And yet, this drive that I was saying to you about earlier, this drive for love in every part of our being is going, no, but what if? What if you fly? What if being you is the most incredible gift you could give yourself in this lifetime? What if that's exactly the reason that you are here incarnated at this point in this time is for you to be fully you? And all of this discomfort that you're feeling, you think you're being persecuted. You think you're something bad's happening to you, but actually it's the complete opposite. It's done for your evolution. It's done for your expansion. Is it comfortable? Fuck no. (laughs) No, no, it's not comfortable. But does it have purpose and meaning? Yes. So what is it that you need in the meantime? Maybe somebody to hold your hand. Maybe somebody to go, Actually, I'm holding a higher vision of you that you can't quite step into yet, but is there. Like you do yeah. that for me so beautifully. You're like, 
uh are you really sure that that thought actually no hang on a second I'm not even going to ask you that thought is bullshit that (laughs) thought is not in your alignment and it's not true and you know and I'm like (laughs) normally it's a bit like oh I really want to believe that thought because it's so comfortable and I've been there and you're like "Mm, that's a no from me and we're not doing that and come on and obviously it's in a really loving way and you and I have a unique way of working with each other don't we Um, but you're still holding me accountable to something greater than the total sum of my wounded thoughts yes absolutely because I see you exactly all that you are that's a bit scary as well sometimes um I, I yeah from your yes I, I yeah I totally hear you from the that oh my gosh I've got to expand into this vision that this person sees of me when I can't I don't hold a belief that that's possible for me he sees it so clearly like they're so aligned with their being that this is not this is not the sum of who I am right now. The words or the wounding, the expression of me that is being portrayed right now is not all that I am. Um, But from the coaching perspective, to be able to see people and know they are more than what they're presenting in that moment, that feels like an absolute blessing. Like such isn't it from our point of view when we're holding space for our clients it's abundantly clear what is a truth thought and what is a wounded thought and the vision that we can hold as truth of their being yeah what we're working towards is just clear so there's no wobble around that obvious isn't it yes yeah um and so for me, I will see it and feel it in, in the way that I'm picking up on the person in front of me. Um, but ultimately, like I just see their essence of shininess and then I see where they cover that up or there's a, a belief system that wants to like put dark, like it's like a the, this, this in my head, what I can see now is like this shiny ball of light that is them. And then there's like, dark pieces of like I don't know jigsaw puzzle put over the top of it or leaves or and and they're thinking that individual thinks that the version of them that's behaving from uh the leaf part the jigsaw the dark part is is them and yet also at the same time intuitively at some deeper level they know this is not all that they are it's a you know and you and I know that from sitting in that of like I don't I don't want to be doing this pattern and I am feel so stuck in it and I can't see anything but this particular bit um yeah it's uh, it's curious <laughs> um it is curious and it, uh the work that you and I do invites us to keep um becoming more and more aware of our own patterns for ourselves as well Mm. because that's just how we're put together that's how we're made that's part of the reason why we do the work we do is because we do the work for ourselves first and foremost and so when I when I'm saying that this drive for us to be living our truth it doesn't mean that it has to be like you and I more publicly visible on social media or in our communities or whatever that's true for you and I and maybe more for one than the other I don't know I think there's a drive yeah, no, definitely. I think you're much much more visible than I am I think um I think probably right now my visibility is coming through the stuff I'm putting energy wise into the books that are sitting in the background and like working with the illustrators and just that will become the visibility of or the expression of me, I suppose, um, which I'm 
like you can see from the grin on my face, like I'm, <laughs> it creates lots of energy within me. I'm delighted. It feels expansive. Um, whereas when I read your posts and uh, your pictures and like I can feel the expansion and the edges that you are pushing um, by speaking your truth. And, uh, and I love it. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, like you said, it's, it's um, that invitation to be more present, to be more you. It doesn't have to come in a specific prescriptive form. Only you can know what that is. Um, and as your self-development, your expansion continues, it's noticing where you're bumping up against the edges of you and then being curious, like, what is true about that edge? Is that a fear that I'm going to be seen and rejected? Or is it that I don't have the skill set right now? Like, what is true about that edge? Um, I'm going to jump to something completely different now because when you were saying it's the big burrito and I was saying it was like the little dog nudging you, the image I had then of the big burrito was like a T-Rex coming in and like bustling you around trying to get your attention. <laughs> so that's just jumping around in my head now. Sorry, <laughs> changing subjects. But um, yeah. So I think that that energy also of like the nudge, what you're saying about this energy to keep pushing forward towards what for me would be called like a more divine way, like a, a more heart aligned, heart centered way of being that is the closest way of living and breathing to my truth yeah. in, in every word I utter, every look I give, every thought I have. It's like a living meditation of where, where am I aligned to? Uh, my question, my curiosity was like, for us, it probably does feel like there's a juggernaut behind us at times pushing us, you know, even though oh we... Oh, my goodness. Like... It's relentless. Uh, and and I know there's a part of me that is delighted by it, but it's not for everybody, right? No. The... And I was curious as to, I I think that a lot of people probably don't even feel that because there is a disconnect to themselves. So I was doing a meditation this morning and in that meditation, I was in a stream of white light from the heavens to the floor. And what I was made aware of in that meditation that dropped in was I'm standing in that light, just absorbing it with intention, you know, allowing me to be a channel for the light to move through me and out of me into the world. And what I was shown beside me was lots of people standing with umbrellas over their heads. Mm. And that's that can be a timing thing, you know. Oh, yeah. It can be a resonance thing. It can be, a, uh, well, there's lots of things it can be. Uh, it can be part of the self-rejection piece for yeah. people too. Um, but not, you know, for uh, many, many people, there is, there is an a, awareness of the, f for, for us, the fact that there is a stream of something available to tap into, you know, to become part of. <laughs> You know, um, I was having a conversation with a client this morning about um, about love and how four years ago or five years ago, maybe, um, I would hear new age people talking about feel the love. I've, this isn't anything new. You know, I've told you this before. And I think, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Uh, and my, I, I'm a very logical person, right? Even though I'm extremely deeply spiritual, I'm, I'm very analytical, logical. So that's been my safe place where I go to naturally is to try and understand stuff. So I'm a, 
my greatest journey has been to go from my head to my heart and then the unification of both of those in mm. alignment with each other yeah but I think that's many people's uh, normal connection is to we've all been taught to go up into our heads to process life to experience life to make sense of life to make logical decisions at the expense of our feelings and our emotions and love and what we were talking about this morning with my client was that imagine like love and this is an example that ben came up with Mm. love is a hose pipe yeah. And when the hose pipe is connected, it is pumping love to and from you and the universe constantly, like a stream, mm. almost like the, the channel tunnel falls yeah. back. <laughs> and what happens through our lives, uh, especially from our childhood programming, is it gets kinks in the yeah. hose pipe. And so the flow cannot stop or it slows and then it stops eventually it's still there the host pipe is always there but it's just been kinked yeah and what we're learning is to unkink our host pipes yeah (laughs) or take the umbrella down yeah or take the umbrella down exactly that and the more we learn to untake uh unkink our host pipes and take the umbrella down the more we give ourselves permission and find others who can give us permission to be us. Yeah. And so when we say us, we're intrinsically saying coming into the awareness of our hearts and our gifts, our desires, our joy, our connections, our wants, our needs. Um, To to, to, to look to fall in love with ourselves. Yeah. Give us, yeah. Um, to just become curious about who we are. Um, I think curiosity is such a good skill to have on this journey. Um, because when stuff happens and it doesn't perhaps go the way we were expecting or desiring, if we can flip it to, oh, how curious. <laughs> then it's much more resourceful than, oh, shit, it never works out. Or, you know, it's definitely my PR, my PR team in my head are like, oh, look, quick, get out the how curious banners. And uh, it just keeps me, it keeps me open to learning something. And it, and it was a gift from my NLP training that, that my head coach there, he uh, was the one that used to just say, how curious all the time until it became part of my language because it's so useful it's so without judgment or shame and that's what we're looking for yeah it's the observer isn't it the observer of the experience rather than the victim of the experience Mm. and if we just take that back very simply to its when i'm sat in bed in the morning and it's just me there, the house is quiet, and I'm writing in my journal, who am I in that moment? Am I hiding parts of myself from myself? Mm. Or am I connecting in? And this goes back to our last week's podcast, the alignment piece, right? But am I being authentically me when it's just me and me? Am Am I who I am with myself? Yeah, yeah. And then can I then take that and be me in every Mm. single situation? Yeah. And what happens when I bump up against an old pattern, a person, a belief system that contradicts who I am in bed in the morning with my duvet? Yeah. Yeah. What do I do with that? And that's where I'm at right now with this. I, I am expanding. Yeah. I am and I will forever whilst I'm incarnated and probably afterwards, I will always be expanding. And my expansion at the moment is asking me to be me in every single moment, in every breath, every look, every action, everything. And trust that that I am perfectly made as I am and that I don't have to change myself to be palatable to you, yeah. to me to anybody 
and that is it right that's that's it in a nutshell yeah and <laughs> that you're gonna like this and that is what we are holding space for on our retreat in may yes yeah and, and even just thinking about that i feel my heart expand because it just feels so delightful to offer and create that space for people to just have enough time to drop out of all that they think they're not <laughs> and to come to the truth of who they are or to just start that journey you know just to give them permission to stop the world and let go of all the roles they're playing in a safe loving yeah kind nurturing compassionate joyful joyful playful warm space yeah with people who are also doing this journey who have done the majority of what uh, we are not teaching anything we haven't already embodied oh gosh no no um i think the integrity that both of us hold in terms of we wouldn't ever ask anybody to do anything that we haven't gone through and out the other side enough times to know what's required to hold somebody through that space safely yeah. um, because we we would love to enable and lubricate that process for people <laughs> mm -hmm. um, in the hope that it is perhaps comes with more grace and ease and then we had it Maybe, uh, you know, and sometimes that's not uh, that's not the case because somebody's individual journey, it, it, it may be imperative that it goes through as uncomfortably as it does. But if we can provide, as we will within this retreat, a set of tools and concepts and strategies and models that allows people to have a framework for what expansion looks like and how to create self-care and how to sit with the uncomfortable and how to find humor in the middle of the rawness you know um so yeah i'm i'm so excited about the retreat and and the location Every time I look at the photos, oh, the Hope Valley, Miriam. Uh, yeah, the name, and I didn't. We didn't even know that it was Hope Valley until like it just was like, oh, this this place is in Hope Valley. How how divine! <laughs> just, um, it's just perfect. It, it, it is. It is. Um, and what all of these things to me, if you you know, if we're going to fully and authentically share ourselves here between you and I and with you who's listening, this, what runs through my blood, my veins, my heart, my soul, is a release from suffering, is a, a liberation, an event of expansion, liberation, and freedom. And I know that that's um, those are big words, but if if you could, if I was a stick of rock, and you cut chop me in half, <laughs> that's, that's what, what we find. That is what you'd find. Yeah. And I am hardwired to go in that direction and mm. be unapologetic about it because love needs to be unapologetically headed towards connection intimacy creativity all of those things that we talk about needs to be unapologetically headed towards and there's a force within me that i am learning more and more to allow space for which is the driver the catalyst within me that is unequivocally and unapologetically sitting here in front of you today Miriam going this way mm. and I know you have your way and they are heading in the same direction 
in our own unique way. But this force within me, I have tried to water down, dumb down, make small, and yet it is so big inside of my heart that I am hurting myself by not allowing it to have space. And it's got a flavor. The flavor is an unapologetic flavor. And I am I get worried about that unapologetic flavor because I don't want to upset you. I don't want to make you feel too uncomfortable. I don't want to make you feel too sad. I don't want to make you, um, mm-hmm. you know, feel like I'm, I'm judging you in any way because those things are not true. Yeah. No, they're not. And, and I think, so let me, if I, if that's okay with you, to allow people to um, have a, a clearer understanding of, of, or a different perspective of what you're saying, is um, Dawn's ability to see where the kinks in our hose are is like precision engineering that I have uh, never encountered before. Uh, because her ability to know down to the minuscule millimeter precisely within your belief systems or your your being where that kink is enables you to resolve and heal the kink far quicker than you would ever be able to do on your own because and i say this from my own experience of working with and alongside dawn is she for me she has enabled me to see kinks that i didn't even know i had and that's with all of the toolkits that i have had and the length of time i've been working on myself <laughs> uh, and so i give complete transparency to this she has a lens that is an absolute gift and there are not many people that have the lens she has and so for on the receiving end of it it can it can wobble people because it's so so clear at times. But I invite you to be open to the gift that it is, because what it creates is the possibility for you to know yourself at such a deep level and to do the healing that is otherwise unavailable to you. Well, you're going to have to struggle a lot longer with to try and figure out where it is and why it's happening and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, is that all right to say, Dawn? <laughs> I feel so seen right now. <laughs> uh, you know, um, that is balm to my soul, Miriam, honestly, because when, and this is this is the part of me that has had to repeatedly step into places that were unknown because I knew that up until now what's happened is massive amounts of bullying, persecution, uh, well. Yeah. Is that not enough, Dawn? Yeah. <laughs> bullying and persecution and, <laughs> uh, and all of those moments throughout my life all say don't be you don't be you don't be you Mm. and yet every single fiber of my being is rebelling against that now in a loving way going how can you not be you? Like you need to unapologetically love every single part of yourself because why not? Yeah. And for me, uh, the the same thing has been present over the last couple of months. And um, it's not even, I think for me, I go beyond me as an individual, but um, I used to, in meditation, ask what the purpose of me being on the planet was, you know, what am I here to do? Yeah, me too. And, mm-hmm. and it's a trap, right? <laughs> it 
the world. It can be a trap, let's say that. It's a bit like the Disney film Soul, you know, you humans, you just get so stuck on what am I here to do? Um, And it's not to do, it's to be. Yes. Yeah, what are you here to be? And I I am here to be the shiniest, sparkly, brightest, light-holding version of me, whatever I do. As your jumper today. Yeah, my sparkly, sparkliness. Um, Yeah. And um, if I hold the highest frequency of me, then actually me just sitting in that presence of myself in alignment heals anybody that comes within two meters of me because the frequency I'm running and emitting connects to the cellular structure of the person I'm connected to and quantizes with their cellular system and heals without me saying a word. And that's magic for me. I mean, it's not, it's just quantum physics, but um, (laughs) it feels magic. Uh, And so if, if we are here to raise human consciousness to mm-hmm. raise vibration then my job is to be me because anything less than that means it's not going to happen and that's not putting all the pressure on me by any shape stretch of the imagination like i'm not oh, no, it's a collective me <laughs> yeah 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 it's like okay so the ripple effect if i sit in the presence of me shine brightly then the person that that shine is hitting maybe does it to the next person and the next person. And so the image is like the, you know, the champagne glasses, mm-hmm. where you fill the top one and it fills the next and the next and the next and the next. Well, just if that was just, if that's the light, then that's what we're doing. We're just allowing it to pour from one of us to the next. And it really isn't about me. It's about the collective, the, but my work is with me. I can't fix it by fixing anybody else. I have to, I have to sort me. That's the gift. And sometimes people go, oh, but you're, you know, how can you be so selfish and just spend all this time on you? And it's such a, it's so distorted that viewpoint because, you know, and it's a collective viewpoint, right? There's definitely a set of messaging out there that you investing in you is selfish and except actually it's, the answer, because if we stop projecting our dysfunction on everybody else, like vomiting our anger and our disappointment and our overwhelm over everybody else, and we actually figure out what is going on so that we can emotionally regulate and we can stay aligned and stay connected to the highest frequency of ourselves, then there would be, yeah, it, it, it would just, there would be less conflict. I agree. Do you you know, um, less conflict? Oh, I love that. I love that hardcore love, less conflict in every area, inner, outer, all of it. Mm. And for me, the less conflict comes from taking radical responsibility for your own emotional and mental well-being. And if you don't know how to do that, find people who can support you in that journey because the more you are every single time you are reactive every single time you splurge or vomit out your emotions and make it somebody else's fault or or involve other people into your your own inner pain what you're doing is spreading discord you're spreading uh, karma you're spreading energetic vomit yeah. And yet what that energy is fundamentally telling you is, and this is what we talked a bit about in our last podcast, is is saying, help. Mm-hmm. I need your attention. Yeah. And you haven't been able to be subtle enough with your inner awareness in order to catch it early. So now it's spilt out on your subconscious programming your wounds your patterns has spilled out and now it's giving you an opportunity through your relationships to see where you're at yeah 
And that is the point where you go, okay, that, that's now my responsibility. It's not your problem. It's not because you have done something to me. It's how, I, how do I respond? What do I want to do with this? How do I want to take responsibility for my bit in this? And then that's where the healing happens. That's where the love for yourself can come in. That's where the love for the other can come in, if that's appropriate in that moment too. Yeah, just recognizing the dysfunction in it, really, taking your head out of the sand and thinking, is this okay? What's going on here? And where's my, where's my role in this? Because it's so easy to blame the other. And I'm sure it's so try. easy. Yeah. Well, and, and it, it, I'm sure we, I'm, I'm, I, I think we talked about this last time. It's that let it be someone else's problem, not mine, because I don't want to have to do anything. I'm it. already up to my elbows with everything that I've got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, it it's just fair, right? That is fair. Oh, yeah. It, it, but it, 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 whilst you're running that story, it ensures that you're not dealing with any kinks in your hoses. Um. And yeah, or, or the umbrellas just being reinforced. And so, the, for me, the question is then. What is it that you want for yourself? Yeah. What kind of experience right now? Let's imagine for a minute that we do have a choice. That we do have a choice to decide how we want to create our lives. And your wounding, your patterns, your subconscious programs, your pain, your trauma will tell you otherwise. It will tell you that it can't. And to a certain degree, that's valid because it's keeping you in a safe loop yeah but let's just for a moment just think that you do have choice and you can create what you want for your own life if that is true what do you want for yourself what kind of experience do you want to create and asking yourself questions like what does it look like and what would it feel like and what would I see and what would I hear are good ways of going into the detail of that. Um, but sometimes you have to role model that because your current viewpoint of yourself is literally like you have a lens on which doesn't let you see certain colours. So let's say you've got a pair of sunglasses on and they can't see blue and it might feel like Dawn's question is asked you to tell me what the blue you would like in your life. And you're like, well, there's, I can't have blue. I can't see any blue. And so. Well, for those of you who can't see this video, Miriam's wearing blue today. So <laughs> go and find somebody who is wearing blue. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So that's, yes, exactly. Take yourself out of the, the, uh, belief system of yourself. That's why we use role modeling in coaching, because what it does is, uh, from a neuroscience point of view, it, it moves you into a world view rather than your own view. It's a specific part of the brain called the temporoparietal junction. And it, it, you know, when you say to somebody, well, what would, what would Dawn say about this? And you can feel yourself moving to like a different perspective of the problem. And so when you use role play or what would so-and-so say, you allow yourself to shift perspectives. Mm -hmm. That's so, so powerful. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Um, so that's in coaching, we use that for, you know, first position, like when you're seeing the situation through your own eyes, what does it look like? And then, okay, now if you're observing the situation, now if you're watching you, watching your body language, watching the way that you engage with other people, what did you not notice that you do notice now? You know, so any yeah. any of those tools allow you to have a broader perspective, and the broader, the more the more open your perspective is, the less the old pattern can stick because it doesn't stand up anymore. It's like you shake the foundations of it. It the story doesn't hold because there's a whole set of other information which invalidates it. Mm. Um, yeah. What would your key takeaway be from our conversation today, Miriam, if somebody was coming up against their old patterns? 
I think the first thing would be to just take a breath and acknowledge that they've noticed. Mm. Because that alone can change the neural pathways in your brain. The pause. The mm. pause. Because, um, like, there's a line, um, neurons that fire together, wire together. It's, mm. I'm sure a lot of people will have heard that. And That's Tony Robbins one. No, it's before that. I think it might be Joe Dispenza. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What the bleep, that yeah. film, if anybody yeah. wants a film to watch that's, that's a good one. curiously funny. Um, yeah, so, so when you run a pattern consistently for a long time, your brain makes it more efficient to run that pathway. So um, it, it, it embeds energy in making the jump from A to Z quicker. So when you're first putting that pathway down and you're going A to B to C to D, mate, let's say that takes, we're going to really slow this down. Let's take it, say it takes 10 minutes for that behavior to play out over time, right? And then because you keep running that pathway, your brain goes, oh, we need like, rather than like machetes to cut through the jungle now, we're going to put an A road in. You know, we're going to put some concrete, we're going to make it faster to get through from A to Z. And then you keep running it and they're like, right, now we need a motorway. Let's just do this. Mm-hmm. And so then this is where you can get caught in that. I, I don't feel like I've got any choice in this behavior. It just happens. Yes. Yeah. The pause, if you can pause, a pause, of, it's something ridiculous, like two microseconds, right? It's literally minuscule. Feet, isn't it? It's yeah. Feet. Just that is enough to start to disable your motorway. Mm. And That's the changing the motorway to freedom. Yeah. yeah. You just put like a, like a, 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 a lane comes off the motorway. Mm. And then because you're not using the motorway anymore, it starts to like, it starts to be reabsorbed by your brain because of the mm. neuroplasticity, like your brain, like this is not being used anymore. Like take the concrete up. We're not using this part of the, the brain. Let's like put it somewhere else. So that's the wonderful thing with behaviors, right? Like they're just a set of neurons that are linked together and sometimes they're stickier. So they don't want to crumble down so easily, but they're all, it's all possible to change. Um, Yes, it is. Even um, if it just comes down to science, your brain is malleable. Yeah. And the thoughts that you think, the behaviors that you have, the choices that you make are all able to be changed. Sometimes we need support. Sometimes all we need is repetition, a compound, a small daily change. Depends what it is, depends what kind of thought it is. Uh, depends what kind of behavior how long it's been there all that kind of stuff yeah. but yeah bottom line it's all all changeable so when you realize that you're bumping up against an old uh, like a lower a lower frequency version of you like a lower choice point of you um just notice like catch yourself in the moment don't finish the word don't, you know, turn away halfway through the look. You're allowed. Just because you've done it a billion times before does not mean you have to do it again in this moment once you've noticed. Give yourself permission to change paths. And even if you still do it, just notice that you've done it because that is different. And at a certain point of noticing that you've done it, it will then become so difficult to still do it once you've noticed it. I mean, that's the kicker, isn't it? Yeah. Once you've got it, you got it, and then you got to own it. Yeah, that's the, the bit. You yeah, know, you can't put blinkers it. on. No, you can try if you want to. Yeah. We have a joke in my house with me and my son Drew, um, which is, uh, "I'm just going to go and eat my feelings," which. <laughs> We now know it doesn't work. We understand why that mechanism uh, is wonky and where it's come from. And it's not his mechanism. It's a me mechanism. And we've turned it into a joke. We've turned it into like a 
let's just be playful about it. Like if we're having a really hard day or something really shit's happened or whatever, yeah. we'll both just go, right, let's eat our feelings. Yeah. And it doesn't, we don't actually always eat our feelings. We, You know, we might just have dinner. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, once you spot it, you got it. And the, the, the last thing I was going to say today is that Miriam and I have been doing this work for a really long time. And we're always learning, always, always learning. But if you're new to this podcast, if you're new to these types of conversations, I just want to let you know that one of the gifts that both Miriam and I have is the ability to be able to uh, distill information, offer you support, connection and guidance so that you are able to receive it, that you can hear it in the way that you need to be able to hear it. So it's not... Um, I, I find sometimes when you listen to two people who've done a lot of stuff and are very expert in their fields, it can sound uh, overwhelming. And so please know that if this resonates with you on some level and that your brain is just going, oh, I can't process all of this, don't worry, you're not meant to. But if you do want some support, and you want some help, Miriam and I are both experts at being able to help you hear what you need to hear and help you through it. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. We, we, our job is to be a chameleon of language. Yeah. Um, and, and to learn how you're processing and then translate what you need to know, what we've learned from science, from courses, from our own experience into a way that makes sense for you. And if we haven't done that, that's on us. Yeah, and we we'll take keep finding it, keep finding ways until yeah, because um, supportive. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, um, and we, because we work with a, a whole raft of people, different backgrounds, different ages. You know, I work with quite a lot of kids, so it gets quite playful and silly, and um, and then I work with MDs and CEOs and you know we might use a lot of science in those just those explanations so yes so wherever you find yourself today please be you more yeah. of you we want more of you we want all of you we want every single fiber being all of it all of it all of you And with that, Miriam, Miriam, <laughs> Miriam, I will sing to you. I oh, will... thank you. <laughs> You're going to hurt people's ears. Please stop. That's <laughs> <weird>. um, <laughs> but um, thank you for, for being you. And I mean that all of you is just fabulous. Uh, and I am... I'm so grateful that you're in my life and that I get to have these conversations with you because guaranteed 20 years ago, this would have been a conversation of my dreams to do this. So um, my heart is three sizes bigger. Oh, thank you, my love. It's been epic. I love it. Until next week. Until. Yeah. Or week after. Yeah. Until then. Until then. Bye.